It's the Father's good pleasure. Our Daddy in heaven loves to give his kingdom to his people. Amen? Amen. Praise God. So I want to talk about the kingdom of heaven tonight. What a glorious place. Amen? God loves to give us the kingdom. It's his good pleasure. He loves to give us the kingdom. You know, the kingdom, for, for conservative Christians, the kingdom is not something you experience now. You have to be dead to get it. And that's because they're dead now. They can't experience it. There's no life without the Holy Spirit. Amen? So they say, well, you know, but the, but the kingdom of heaven is now. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand, Jesus said. God wants to give you his kingdom, the kingdom of heaven. Praise God. The kingdom was, the kingdom is, and the kingdom will be. He will come again with his kingdom. Praise God. It was, it is, and it will be. He wants you to have more of his kingdom. And once you receive something of the kingdom, then he says, come on, I'll give you more. Until it overflows. And you can have it in abundance. Praise God. So financially, financially, if you have nothing and you put the money in the bank, you put nothing in the bank, you get no interest. Is that right? Okay. For a long time it's been if you put something in the bank, you get no interest anyway. <laughs> so uh, Joe's been a businessman most of his life. I, want, I just thought he could come and tell us a little bit about this principle. Uh, because once you have, once God has given you, he'll give you more. You know, it's like compound interest. Compound interest. All right? But if you've got nothing, you've got nothing to gain interest on. You know, I should have asked jo uh, Moses, Joe. I should have asked Moses. He used to be a bank manager. Uh, uh, just come up here for a moment, Moses. Come on, quickly. Tell us about banking, brother. <laughs> to earn interest, you need something. Is that right? Yeah, you need something basic at least a penny in order to make it grow. And that's how banks we deal with. It's deposit, it's loans, but always you have to deposit something and the interest will come. And just like Pastor Mark said, nowadays, because of the inflation, the interest are different in the sense if you deposit the interest is low if you take a loan the interest is high <laughs> <laughs> thanks Moses that pretty much sums it up doesn't it praise God so God wants to deposit something and then he wants to give interest on top but let, let's hear from a businessman well you know Jesus is a multiplier He's not an adder or a subtractor. He likes to multiply. One of the great wise men said, 
One of the most powerful forces for growth on the earth is compounding interest. If when things compound upon themselves, it very quickly grows fast. But as I was thinking about what I was going to share, I believe the Lord said to me that um, preservation is a form of multiplication. Because if all else around you is crumbling and you're preserved, it's a form of multiplication. And, you know, the times we're coming into, we need the Lord to help us preserve what we have so it can then multiply to our children, to those in need, to our communities, to those around us, to the work of the kingdom. And I want to share a couple of little secrets with you and a quick testimony. You know, as a businessman, I'm probably speaking to the business people here, so it doesn't probably apply to everybody, but when I'm working in my office, I'm also having my time with Jesus throughout the day. I sit in my chair quietly. I go to the secret place. Then I go to my desk and I do some work for 30 minutes. Then I go and read the word. Then I pray. Then he gives me an idea or a reminder. I go and just do that. And so we, we work together. And this is the great principle of multiplication and preservation is that it's Jesus that brings the preservation and the multiplication to what you're doing. So you've got to do it with him. You've got to be entwined with him and what you're doing. And I've got a little testimony example. It's quite good. Um, I have some fantastic business partners. Um, they're actually in the room. In fact, they were located by the Holy Spirit. <laughs> Praise the Lord. <laughs> and um, we own a, a, father, a rather large piece of land together that's a development site. It's, it's very big. Um, it's down in the South Island. And um, I was having my intertwined time with the master. And he said to me, you need to pray for that land now, quickly, as in within a few days. So I got in touch with my business partners. I said, well, we need, we need to get together and pray. So we Zoomed, because, you know, we were stuck on Zoom for years. We Zoomed and we prayed for this land. Two weeks, three weeks later, forgive me on a few of the details, but roughly that, a massive storm hit the Nelson Mulber region. I think it was about 12 months ago now, roughly. It was a huge storm. Um, the results from that storm were 600 millimetres of rain fell in a couple of days. So the average for the year is 60. Um, massive washouts through the whole region, 200 homes gone. The main road in the opposite bay to all of this land where the development was happening, the road's completely gone, $400 million repair job. They've now abandoned it. Five houses, I don't know where they are, they've disappeared because massive slips came down the hill. You would have seen it on the news. That was that big weather bomb that hit the Nelson Marlborough area. Our land, completely unaffected. Um, the scree from the slips was six foot high of rocks and mud and branches. On our boundary, it stopped. The road in, minor slips, but all passable. And in the subdivision, not a thing. Preservation. Preservation. And I don't say it to boast. I say it to give glory to him who is the multiplier and preserver of all we have. Amen. And 
And Father, we just pray right now. We pray against the storm that's coming in on Auckland right now. You have authority over nature, the weather. It's under your control. Father, I rebuke this cyclone in Jesus' name. I command it to turn from this place, to weaken, to drop its rain out in the water, and that this place be preserved. And everyone in this place, if you want the preservation of the Lord Jesus Christ and his blessing for multiplication to come upon you, I feel the anointing right now. Thank you, Lord. Just lift your hands to him. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, I feel that. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. I'm feeling good over here. (laughs) Hallelujah. Was that faith building? Amen. Amen. We expect good things from the Lord always. Always. Our Father in heaven is generous. Everyone say generous. If you then who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more, everyone say more, More. will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? In the spirit realm first and then in the physical. Everyone say, in the spirit realm first and then in the physical. Many people experience... Um, hindrance, things going wrong, loss, not understanding that it's being taken from them in the spiritual realm. The thief, the devil, comes to steal, to kill and destroy. You with me? So when God gives you a deposit of the kingdom that kingdom deposit, yes, it will affect the natural realm, relationships, finances, everything around you, people's attitudes, all sorts of things will be affected. But that deposit in itself is greater than anything that happens in the physical realm. God wants to give you his kingdom. And when he gives it to you, he wants to give you more. Turn to your neighbor and say, he wants to give you more. Say to your neighbor, why don't you ask for more? He's a good father. He'll give you more. You see, people want more in the natural but they don't understand that the true riches are in the heavenly. What we should be asking for, seeking, is the true riches. God can bless you financially, give you a new house or whatever, but the really important things are the treasures of heaven. See, I had the idea that if you are blessed... You know, it's because you've, you're blessed with finances and all that. That 
But then I went through a period in life, my life, where God allowed everything to be taken from me. My children, my wife was gone, my possessions, my house, my health, everything. Zero. And then he, he taught me an important lesson. You are blessed. Nothing can separate us from the love of God. Neither distress, poverty, persecution, rejection, the things that the apostles experience, nothing can separate us from the love of God. So I discovered an important lesson that I'm blessed in Christ Jesus, independent of what's happening in the world. Hallelujah. So may we desire the true riches in Christ Jesus, which are of far more value. Ask your neighbor, what's important to you? If you truly believe that the true riches of heaven are important to you, then you'll spend time meditating in the word because the riches of heaven are in the word because Jesus is the word. You meditate. The Bible says of itself that it's worth far more than thousands of coins of silver or gold. If your value is Jesus, you'll meditate in the word. If your value is the world, your time will show it. I'm not putting, trying to put something on you. I'm just saying that what we value will be reflected in our lifestyle. He wants to give you the kingdom overflowing. You know, his intention is not that the kingdom of God would be like a dripping, annoying tap. Drip. Drip. His intention is that the kingdom would come like rivers of life. Rivers that overwhelm you. The trouble in the church is that people can't cope with chaos of rivers raging. And so they say the norm and the right thing is a drip. Drip. But God wants to pour out his spirit on all flesh so that your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall dream dreams. Your old men shall see visions. Hallelujah. Even upon your maidservants and men servants will I pour out my spirit, says the Lord. Upon everyone. He wants to give us the kingdom. Hallelujah. Shall we go deeper? No, I don't think you want to go deeper. You want to go deeper? In the kingdom, he wants to give people authority and power. True riches of authority and power. He wants you to hit the rock of Christ. Hit his power, his love, his glory. He gave his disciples authority and power to come.
cast out demons, to heal the sick. It's available. The Holy Spirit is available. If you ask, you will receive. It is available. It is a promise from Jesus. And you will be endowed, endued with power from on high. And you shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. He can endow you, endue you, cover you with his glory and his power. Give you his kingdom. So it becomes like an earthquake. New Zealanders know about earthquakes. Hallelujah. You get the point? He wants to give you the kingdom. And when he gives you the kingdom, he says, he looks to see if you're faithful, faithful steward. And he says, take some more, take some more, take some more. Say to your neighbor, take some more. It's his good pleasure. He loves you. He wants to give you the kingdom. Kingdom revelation is possession. Revelation is possession. Revelation is possession. The way that God gives knowledge in the kingdom so that you can possess spiritual things is through revelation. Revelation is when the Holy Spirit comes and reveals specific truths of the Word of God and applies it to you. You cannot be saved without a revelation of the gospel. The Holy Spirit needs to come and reveal to you the truth of what Jesus Christ did on the cross and your need for that truth and how you must accept it. Revelation. It's when you have a revelation of kingdom things that you possess those things. The Holy Spirit reveals the truth of God's word. Those truths come into your heart, abide in your heart, become riches in your heart, mix with faith so that you are not intimidated by the world, the things in the world, because you're walking, living in a different dimension through revelation of the Word of God. You need to go from a mental understanding of the Word, which is good and valuable, to a spiritual revelation of the Word. When you have a revelation of the word, you will possess the things of the word. You can't possess them through mental understanding, but by faith, and faith dwells in the heart. And faith comes by hearing. You need the Holy Spirit to preach to you the word of God. Amen. Praise God. With revelation comes purpose. God will reveal something to you. He will reveal to you the gospel that he might save you. He reveals healing to you 
so that he can heal you and heal others. He'll reveal to you the truth about deliverance ministry so that you can go and see people set free. Paul says in Acts 26.16, Jesus says to Paul, rise and stand on your feet, for I have appeared to you. That's revelation. Jesus appeared to him in a, in, a, in a vision on the road to Damascus. I have appeared to you for this purpose, to make you a minister and witness both of the things which you have seen and of the things which I will yet reveal to you. And Paul's life was dramatically changed. We need the Holy Spirit to download from heaven, to speak to us. This is why we should wait on God. Because fleshly activity in the church is spiritually useless. You can get bigger buildings and more people in, but spiritually useless. Because only the things that God does brings divine success, extends the kingdom of God. Look, there are churches full of people with problems because the Lord gave me a vision of a sheepfold, but the sheepfold had high picket fences. You know, in Australia we have six-foot wooden fences and they were all razor sharp on the top. No sheep could get out. Picture of a church and the entranceway was large, no gate. And the people at the gate were handing out lollies, sugar, for the sheep to come in. And once they come in, they protect them from God. They protect them from the move of the Holy Spirit. And they're all in there, all sick and problematic. Are you with me? The fleshly work of the church is valueless. You might have more money and bigger buildings and more people, but in the kingdom realm, a small church of people full of the Holy Spirit, a small church moving in the kingdom of heaven is doing more than a fleshly church that rejects the Holy Spirit. Are you with me? Revelation, Jeremiah 33 verse 6. Behold, I had a revelation of this scripture actually when I, when I had cancer and the Lord said to me, behold, I will bring it health and healing. I will heal them and reveal to them the abundance of peace and truth. And this, I believe, is a prophecy about today. We are living in the day of the gospel. I will reveal to them the abundance of peace and truth. Revelation. John 5, 19. Jesus' relationship with the Father was one of revelation. Then Jesus answered and said to them, Most assuredly I say to you, the Son can do nothing of himself, but whatever he sees the Father do, He's watching, revelation, revelation, revelation. He's looking in a vision. But what he sees the Father do, for whatever he does, the Son also does in like manner. 
For the Father loves the Son. Revelation comes in relationship of love. Jesus Christ will reveal the gospel to a sinner because of love. He reveals his word because of love. Our response to the God of love, who's the God of revelation, should be, I love you, Father. I love you, Daddy. You're wonderful. Thank you, Father. Waiting on the Lord, waiting on the Lord. Lord, I want to receive. I want to receive. Speak to me, Lord. Revelation, revelation. You know, some people say, oh, God never speaks to me. You've just cursed your spiritual life. You've just cursed your spiritual life. The word of God is the voice of God. You don't wait in doubt because God is not moved by doubt but by faith. Revelation comes to believers. Wait on the Lord in faith, believing that he will speak to you. Let your waiting in faith put an obligation on God to speak. You might be waiting there half an hour, 45 minutes, an hour. Wait, wait. For the Father loves the Son and shows him all things that he himself does, and he will show him greater works than these that you may marvel. Amen. Jesus told a parable, and it was the parable of the sower. And, you know, and how some seed fell on good soil and it produced a hundredfold. Okay? And then he says, he cries out, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. I believe he's saying, do you have an ear to hear revelation? Then his disciples asked him, saying, what does this parable mean? And he said to them, to you it has been given to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God, but to the rest it is given in parables that seeing they may not see and hearing they may not understand. Seeing and hearing is a grace from God. It's the mercy of God. So many people in the world, the whole world is full of unbelievers who refuse to see and hear. It's the grace of God that opens your eyes and your ears to see and hear the word of God. Amen. To him who has ears, let him hear. The kingdom of God comes by hearing and revelation primarily. The Father, it's his good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Amen. Man, you can eat the kingdom. Here in the word, it's bread, it's meat, it's goodness. Praise God. Praise God. Matthew 13, 10. Jesus says, why do you speak to them? And the disciple says, why do you speak to them in parables? He answered and said to them, because it has been given to you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. You need revelation. You need revelation because your puny mind will not understand the mysteries. 
You need revelation because your puny mind can't understand the vastness of God. So God will reveal things to you and your heart will understand, even if your mind doesn't. A heart revelation. You know there's heart knowledge. People say, I know that I'm healed. Well, how do you know? Have you been to the doctor? I just know. I've had a revelation, you know? I know that my children will be saved. Well, how do you know? Well, the Holy Spirit revealed it to me. I know that everything's going to be all right. Well, how do you know? Because I had a revelation. But, but that's not enough. Yes, it is. Hallelujah. In the ministry, one of the challenges for me is to remind myself that his revelation is sufficient and to trust him. Beatrice, whom you saw on the video, she's manifesting a demon and the Lord gives me a revelation. She's free. And so I leave her. Still manifesting. And she's free. Goes home, she's got new marriage. Revelation. We ha you know, I'm talking about Holy Spirit revelation, not pizza dreams. <laughs> you know, I'm talking about true revelations from heaven where the word of God is revealed to you. And that's what, what basically we're doing constantly in praying for people. We're relying on the Holy Spirit to speak to us, to give us revelation. And then we possess the revelation he has given us. You are healed. You are delivered. It's what I believe. Of course, people can cancel that. And Jesus could do no mighty works because of their unbelief. People can cancel the revelation through their unbelief. Jesus went, he tried, but he could do no mighty works because of their unbelief. People can rob their own miracles through unbelief. You know? Many times it's a joining of faith. Do you believe? You know, we're, we're believing on your behalf. Do you believe? And, and how many times I've heard people say, well, maybe one, maybe one day. And they just, well, I know God can do it, but I don't know if he'll do it for me. And the revelation is there. The power of the Holy Spirit is present but he lives off. Um, this should help some of you. When God gives you a revelation for other people, family, friends, you know, and they don't share in it. One of the, one of the things is where two or three agree, all right? So you come in agreement around the word of God, okay? So let's say the Lord puts in your heart a business proposal but other people around you are not in agreement, okay? Then you have to discern whether their non-agreement is actually from God and you need to pull back or whether their, their non-agreement is actually because they're thinking in the carnal. I don't want to take these risks, all right? So also, for example, with healing, you know, you might be struggling with cancer or some other disease and you're believing the word of God but people around you 
are saying, well, the doctors have said you're going to die. You need to do your will, get your house in order, and get your coffin, you know? And, and if you agree with them, then you better get your coffin. But you can, you can not socially but spiritually distance yourself from people who don't believe the word. You can take that treasure and you can trust the Lord. So important when you're going through tough times, don't spiritually come into agreement with people who just look at the facts and believe the facts. Let us believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and we shall be saved. Amen. Praise God. I'm, I'm not talking about, you know, people who are, who are spiritually stupid, people who are somewhere but it's not God, you know, who are always saying God spoke to me, God spoke to me, God spoke to me, and man, they need deliverance, you know? No wonder psychiatrists and psychologists think when you say God spoke to me that you're, you're crackers because so many people... They've got demonic problems and they're hearing voices. But I'm talking about a true Holy Spirit revelation of the word. It will take you to a different dimension in him so that you walk in the spirit and not according to the flesh. There is another realm that you can walk in and God wants to give you the kingdom. It's his good pleasure and he does it primarily through revelation. Revelation of the word of God, you know. You've never seen it happen before. God tells you through his word, just do it. Amen. Yeah, we, previously people sometimes used to ask me, you know, how do you do this? Particularly family, you know, like, you, you pay these people? You know, how do you, how do you afford plane tickets? And, you know, and how, how do you organise an event? You know, we had the largest meeting in Australia two weeks ago on the Gold Coast and we had no local team, had no local team. And we do it by revelation. We believe that God has called us. We are a missionary team and we go in faith and we're not looking to man but to God and God will always supply. You know... You're an ambassador of the kingdom of God and ambassadors never pay their own way. The king pays. Turn to your neighbour and say, the king pays. Amen. Jesus said, seek the kingdom of God and all these things shall be added to you. Just seek him first. He'll look after you. Do not fear, little flock, for it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Sell what you have and give alms. Provide yourselves money bags which do not grow old, a treasure in the heavens that does not fail, where no thief approaches nor moth destroys. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Amen. Turn to your neighbour and say, where is your heart? Where are you at? 
God wants to establish in his kingdom heavenly soldiers, commanders, and officers in the kingdom of God. There is human ordination. Some pastors are ordained by humans but not by God. Hello? And some people are in the ministry not ordained by man but ordained by God. My stepfather was one like that. His name was Errol Oza. He was a Muslim, a Turk, gave his life to Christ in his 30s and began to serve God as an evangelist, ordained by heaven. Had death threats in Sydney. He was living in Sydney. The consulate called him up. He went in to see them. And, uh, and they said, we'll give you a ride home. And he thought, this is strange. And the guys who gave him a ride home said, we were told to kill you. But because of your amazing love, we decided we couldn't do it. Someone ordained from heaven. Amen. God wants to raise up in his church soldiers, officers, commanders in his army ordained by heaven. You know? You know, many places there's no active church and we see the Holy Spirit come on people and they get on fire for God. They get persecuted by the church, you know. Don't worry about the church. Go and start your own, you know. Go and start a home fellowship or something. Live for Jesus, you know. You don't have to have all the church agreeing with you, you know. Get on with the work of the gospel. Years ago, about 2015, the Lord said to me, I don't want you relying on the churches. I'm like, you know, I was working with churches. The Lord said, I don't want you relying on churches. Go and rent venues. I go, Lord, number one, who's going to come? No church involved. Number two, how am I going to afford it, Lord? Rent a venue, you know? He didn't answer my questions. So I didn't have any better ideas, so I went and did it. Hallelujah. Don't, don't let your call of God, your destiny, the good works that he has planned for you to be determined by man or by the church. Turn to your neighbour and say, just go and do it. When God promotes you in the kingdom, remember who did the promoting. When God promotes you and he exalts you, because he does that, the Bible says, it teaches that he'll do it. People go through times of affliction, of problems, of being humbled, of repentance, of being wiped out to provide a character base upon which he will exalt you. When he exalts you, remember who did it and where you came from. 
give him the glory and the praise. The one who exalts you is quite capable of humbling you. <laughs> praise God. You know, like, oh, look at me, you know, what I'm doing and all this. It's not you. Every good and perfect gift comes from above, from the Father of lights. It's God. The fact that you can breathe and sit here is a gift and mercy of God. Amen? Amen. But, you know, when, when you receive from the kingdom, he'll start giving you more and more and more, not only in the spiritual realm, but it will begin to affect things around you because he's generous. And when he does it, turn around and give him praise. It's him. Amen? I've got some friends uh, in Malaysia and they were located by the Holy Spirit online and uh, some of these prophetic things really speak and teach. And I said to them, God wants to bless you financially. And the guy was very proper, Christian proper, and he said, we're content with what we have. And I said, I don't, you don't understand. God is generous and he wants to bless you. And he's like, well, okay but we're, we're happy with what we've got. And over, I think it was the next two weeks, they received, I can't remember, was it 20,000 Canadian dollars from different sources that was unexpected. And then they've gone on being financially blessed. And, you know, that's our father. He'll give you some, you be faithful, and then he'll give you more. He'll give you an abundance. And remember where it came from. The God who promotes you does it because of grace. Not because you deserve it, but because he's a good God. He's a good God. Amen. And my God is able to make all grace abound towards you, that you, turn to your neighbour and say you, say he's talking about you, having all sufficiency in all things may have an abundance for every good work. God wants to give you more. Amen.